hello there, family. I didn't see you there. And welcome back to another edition of Crenshaw Corner. I am Sanchez Crenshaw, and as always, I am joined by the best part of me, down like four flats, the rib that completes me, the Martha to my Jonathan. What's going on, family? What is going on? This is Angela Crenshaw. Guys, what is going on? That's my wife, family. Excuse me for one moment, family. What's going on? No, sir. What's I don't wrong? know that trivia question. Martha and Jonathan? Who's that? Kent. Mom, Mom, Paul Kent. Superman? Superman. Uh, Come on. You, why didn't you say their last name? Then I would have knew that. Because that would have been too easy. So I say Martha and Jonathan the Kent. I I got half of the question right. What is going on, family? What's going on, Sanchez? I had you. I had to give you the answer though. That doesn't count. No, bro. You gave me the last name. That's giving you the. Then answer. I knew it was Superman at that point. Exactly. Saying Kent. Everybody. Anyway. Anyway. You cheated. I didn't cheat. Go ahead. So, family, as always, we just saw. We are so happy to have you we guys just here. Saw. We just saw. Uh huh. What I just said. What? 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 You threw me off. Okay, go ahead. You threw me off. Okay, I ain't gonna throw you off no more. Go ahead. So, family, as always, we are so happy to have you here. Mm-hmm. We are happy that you're joining us. We are so happy that you allow us into your home, into yes. your car, into your iPhone, and to have you listen to us. Yes. We just thank you for Respect making us a part the of your day. Baby. I'm saying the androids too. I don't think you said it. Oh, it was implied. It okay, was implied. go ahead. I'm it just making implied. sure you just respect the phone. I respect the androids. Thank you very much. Carry on, sir. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, carry on. So we just thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. Um, however you're listening to us, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Podbean, whether it's on Spotify, mm-hmm. whether it's Google Play, whether it's iHeartRadio, or whether it's on Amazon Music, yes. or on our own personal website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com. Yes. We thank you guys so much for our new listeners, however you found us. Come on, new listeners. We're so happy that you did find us. Yes, We're honey. so happy that you're here. Thank you. And as always, for our returning family members, you know how we feel about you. Yay! Oh, no. I don't know what just happened there. I was saying yay. I think you might have scared off some people. Okay, go ahead, Carrie. My bad. I was saying yay. So, family, we thank you guys for sticking in there with us. We thank you for just supporting us. We thank you for your feedback. Yes, we do. Um, Family, we just thank you. You know, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. We do. So what that means is that we can be found on the socials. Come on, socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, all under Crenshaw Corner. And of course, you can always reach us via our email address at the, at the Crenshaw Corner. I was about to give out our web address. Oh, my goodness. You do that every time. Every Go time. ahead. But you can reach us um, via our email address at the Crenshaw Corner at gmail.com. Once again, the Crenshaw Corner at gmail.com and family. As always, welcome to the cookout. Yes, make sure you bring some aluminum foil so you can take something with you. That's right. You know, we are fond of saying, you know, with us, you never know what you're going to you get. It's a rabbit hole. We will go down a rabbit hole in a moment. We'll um, come back, though. We, Give us credit. Typically, maybe. By sometimes, the end of the podcast, sometimes. Maybe we kind of circle yeah, back to the beginning. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll just hopefully, say hopefully. If hopefully. everything goes well. Mm-hmm. And it will. It, know, it will today. It will today. It's for it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. So we just like to have fun. We like to enjoy each other's company. We like to enjoy the family. Yes. Um. But within that, we always attempt to try to impart just a little bit of wisdom, a couple of nuggets. Yeah. So we tell you, make sure you bring an aluminum foil, so you can take something so you with you. A couple with of you. chicken nuggets, macaron cheese. 
you know, just a little something, something. Some, a little something, something? A little something, something for the palate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's going on, babe? What's going on, babe? So listen, today, uh-oh. Um, we're going to talk. Don't give me that oh. No, it's just when you start like that, that kind of throws me off, scares me just a little bit. We're going to talk about this big subject. Um, a, it's been It's a big subject. There's a big subject? A, it's a big subject. Mental health. Oh, wow, that is a big subject. It's a big subject. Okay. And the reason why I wanted to do that, because I have some questions for you in reference to mental health. Okay. Um, the family who knows or or the new family will find out that, that there was some issues in reference to mental health. Um, and we just want to talk about it because so many people um, don't think that, you know, they think you can pray it away sometimes. And, you know, God is faithful, first of all. So don't get me wrong about that or take some medication and all these other things. But... I just wanted to talk about the mental health because sometimes it can come from years and years and then one day it just rears its ugly little head for depression or anxiety or all kinds of things that you put on yourself or that you, somebody in your family put on you and you, you wore that idea of yourself. So I really want to talk about mental health. Okay. So give me your thoughts on mental health. Well, let me say, let me ask this first because mm-hmm. we've actually done kind of, we've done a, a episode mm-hmm. on mental health right. um, back when we did self-care. Right. Um, we broke it down into six or seven different episodes. Yeah. Um, so you should really go back and look at, listen to the self-care episodes. Yeah. So what new information are we bringing to the table with mental health now? The taboo of having a therapist going to oh, therapy 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 the dirty word in our society that, that we don't therapy. like there because people don't believe in therapy our culture let me say this our culture and this is a generalization yeah but a lot of our culture does not believe in therapy they be like go talk to your family members and go sit your tail down Go in the closet, talk to Lord, the Lord, and go sit your tail yeah. down. But you ain't got no business and no chair, spending no money to tell nobody your tell business. Tell nobody your secrets. That, that I can listen to for free. Tell nobody yeah. the family secrets. The family secrets. We like to keep All it right. the way that it is. So so it's mental health and the solution to mental health. Okay. Uh, one, not solution, but one of the solutions okay. to mental health to and, and actually to, to wholeness. To be honest, okay, we want to talk you. about that. All right, so talking about mental health, talking about therapy. So the question to me was, what is what did you ask me? What's your thoughts? What's on my that? thoughts on therapy? And what's your thoughts about mental health and therapy? Okay, I'm gonna take it kind of a piece at a time. So mm-hmm. let's start with, with mental health. I honestly believe that mental health is something that, as a society, as mm-hmm. a whole, mm-hmm. we don't take serious enough. I think so, too. I think um, there's a lot of taboos mm-hmm. surrounded around mental health and therapy. Mm-hmm. I think because even to this day, as long as man has wa- walked the earth, mm-hmm. we have n- we still don't fully understand how the human mind works. Right. There is still so much that the human mind so does layers, and so yes. many layers yes. and so many things that happens within the human mind mm-hmm. that I think because of the severity of what it's able to do mm-hmm. or the gravitas of what it's able to do that mm-hmm. we don't fully truly understand it. Right. And so it's easier to mock something mm-hmm. or to dismiss something mm-hmm. that we truly don't understand because understand that bipolar disorder is a real thing right that is a real illness Mm -hmm. schizophrenia is a real 
illness. Right. You know, these are real things. Right, right, you know, right. there are individuals with multiple personality, multiple yeah. personality disorder. And it may not be, I think that's the technical term for it, but mm-hmm. these are real things. Right. And I, I think because as humans, if it's if it's something that we can't grasp our mind our around, mind can't wrap around it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I'm kind of taking it a piece by piece. Mental health, mental health is real, and it's something that you have to take serious. Yeah. Just as you take your physical health serious, mm-hmm. just as you take your emotion, you have to take your mental health serious. Right. And and I kind of just say one thing yeah, too to that because I think that when people hear mental health, they do hear everything that you just said too, and they hear depression and anxiety but mental health is just as part like you said of your physical health your emotional health your spiritual health it doesn't mean that everybody's mental health doesn't mean you have to get depressed before you do it let's let's get some help before we even get that far some daily maintenance some yeah yeah some same way you lifting weights do some mental challenges and i'm going to get some tips on mental health challenges and things to do for your mental health as well. But I think that people, they is so taboo because the moment you say mental health, they're like, I'm not depressed. Or, I don't have anxiety. I am f- not schizophrenic. I don't have, you know, all favorite these things. Line, I'm not crazy. Right. And it's not that always. Yeah. It's not that. Because what happens is the moment you start talking to somebody about mental health, mm-hmm. a lot of the times you get that pushback. Well, I'm not crazy. Right. Or you start talking about going to a therapist. They're right. Like, well, I'm not crazy. I don't need a therapist to tell me nothing. to tell me nothing. Exactly. So let's talk about the T word. Let's talk about therapy. Let's talk about therapy. So for me, I grew up in that type of family structure. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a society where did not believe in therapy. Right. Didn't believe in counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, your counselor was your pastor. Go talk to your pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, talk your to your counselor at school. Yeah. Your counselor at school. <laughs> you know, go talk to the Lord. Right. That was and once again, I am. We're not saying anything about that. God should be first in everything in you do. Everything you do. But understanding with that as well, with faith comes wisdom. Yeah. And there are certain things that you have to do. Some practical things. There's some spiritual practical. And, it's spiritual yeah. and practical. You can go hand in hand. It goes. It hand, goes hand, hand in hand. hand. That yeah. is the re- That is the reason Jesus walked the earth for right. the practical aspect right. of life. Because it all could have been done without him doing that. Right, exactly. But a sacrifice had to be made. The practical, uh, uh, a way of life had to be set so mm-hmm. you could see how to do it. The right. practical application of right. it. Right. So once again, so therapy. So I did not believe in therapy until I needed it. Mm. So let's let's kind of unpack that a little bit and let's kind of walk through Come that on, just a little unpack bit. unpack that. You know, no I don't like you to unpack, but I need you to unpack. So, and we've talked about this before. Um, but for our new listeners and kind of a, a recap for our existing family mm-hmm. members. So I've, I've never really had what you would call a perfect life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never, I've never experienced the American dream when it comes to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a broken home. Right. Um, my mother did her absolute best. She's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. I hold no grudges against mm-hmm. her. I hold no animosity mm-hmm. against her. I love her. We absolutely adore her and love her. Yeah. But I grew up in a broken home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the typical father not around. Unfortunately, I'm not going to say typical, but a lot of people have that story. Right. Biological father was not around. He really didn't take too much interest in growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Single mother being raised by the village, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But during that span, I had my older brother. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we were a little over four years apart. Mm-hmm. He was my everything, my right. hero, my best friend, my role model, my protector. Everything was wrapped up in him, right. which was a wonderful life up until the age of 11. Mm-hmm. And then at the age of 11, due to circumstances beyond our control, he was taken from us. Mm-hmm. He was murdered. Right. He was shot in the heart. Right. One bullet was all it took. Right. Shot in the heart, dropped dead before he hit the ground. So that changed my entire existence. That changed, that changed yeah. my whole world. So I went from a very fun-loving, very outgoing, very um, bubbly, mm. bubbly person who enjoyed being a kid, enjoyed his life, enjoyed playing. A, you right. know, I went to that kid to my whole world shattered. Right. So, and then I got really secluded and then I got really angry and my 11-year-old mind could not wrap around mm-hmm. what was going on. Right. And unfortunately, my family wasn't built to deal with that. Mm. And what I mean by built, because they didn't know how to handle that situation. Right. You know, yes, we went to God. Yes, we prayed. Yes, our faith got us through, which is a wonderful thing. And, and you have to have your faith. Mm-hmm. But you tell an 11-year-old kid to pray about it. Right. And that's what they were telling me. When his everything just left. Yeah, when everything just left. You're telling them. Le- say left was taken, was from, taken. Him, from him. You're telling an 11 year old kid, you know, pray about it. You know, God's going to see you through, which in essence is right. Right. That is true. And he did. Mm-hmm. But my 11 year old mind could not wrap itself around that concept. Right. So I went through a phase, I went through depression. I went through anxiety. Mm-hmm. I went through a very self-destructive phase. Right. So by the time I was 12, 13 years old, I got into self-mutilation. Mm. I became a cutter. Right. Because I did not feel anymore. Because mm-hmm. during that time when my brother was taken away from me, I couldn't allow myself to grieve. Right. Because A, I didn't know how. Once again, I'm 11. Mm -hmm. I'm an 11-year-old kid trying to deal with the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. Didn't understand that concept. Didn't understand what to do. Right. Um, Of course, that time hit my mother very hard. Mm -hmm. So she never said this to me, but I felt like I had to now step up and protect her. Right. So because she was hurting, because there was so much she was going through, so much she was dealing with. I didn't want to add to that mm-hmm. by also showing her my pain and showing her what I was going through. Right. So I bottled a lot of stuff she in. Masked it all. So I mashed it, it in. All. Right. Because if I remember correctly, it was about, I want to say maybe six to eight months after my brother was taken, even mm. before I cried. Wow. Um, and when I did, I just broke. Right. Because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And now, fast forward a little bit. I'm 11 years old now. Now I'm in, I, I made it through um, grammar school. Now I'm in middle school. And now, and going, and before all this happened, I was a I was an honor roll student. Right. Never anything less than a B. I was an AB student. Every, every semester. Right. Every marking period, I'm on the honor roll. Right. I'm getting awards. I'm, I'm doing things. Right. Now, once this happened... All that changed. Mm. So I went from an A B student to a C D student mm-hmm. to a D to a D F student. Mm-hmm. You know, and now now I went from I'm in this school that I that people love me to I become a menace mm. now. So now I gotta leave this school. 
go to another. And I got to go to another school. Right. And I got to, not only do I have to go to another school, I have to move. Mm. I have to move and go live with my grandparents to be wow. able to even go to this school. Right. So now I'm in this school and I'm skipping the first day. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on a board transfer. I'm not even supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on a, you know, my mother had to pull strings to, to get me transferred. Right. So, and now I'm in this school and first day I'm skipping school. I'm getting into it with teachers. Right. And I'll never forget. I was walking down the hall and this random kid, I don't know who he was. I don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he actually said something to me. Mm-hmm. But the next thing I know, I have this kid in a police chokehold. Right. I'm literally choking this dude half to death. Right. And so, of course, teachers pulling me away and everything. So now I'm in the office, which I do remember. The, if I don't remember anything else, I remember Dr. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Dr. Lewis was the principal at right. the time in my middle school. Mm-hmm. Coolest guy. Right. Coolest guy you would ever meet. Um, suspenders in, in a belt. Not suspenders in the belt. Suspenders in the belt. He built Cosby. He built Cosby. He built Cosby. It doesn't work, but it worked for him. Right. He was the nicest guy. Um, He loved kids. He loved what he did. Mm -hmm. And you could tell. So take me into his office. They call my mother, of course. So my mother has to come to the school. So now we're sitting in his office. And my mother's... And I'm, I'm really... I'm sitting there. Dr. Lewis is sitting there. He's concerned. My mother sitting there, she's concerned and yet angry at the same time. Mm-hmm, of course. <laughs> because she had to take off work. Um, she wasn't salary. She was hourly. So anytime she missed, right. she's not getting paid for this time. Right. So we're sitting there and they're asking me, well, what happened? What's going on? How did, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an answer for him. Mm-hmm. So then... So Dr. Lewis excuses himself. He's like, you know, I'm going to let you two talk. So he excuses himself. He goes out of the office and me and my mother sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so and she's looking at me and she asks me, she's like, Chaz, what is going on? What happened? Mm -hmm. And I flat out told her, you know, I really don't care if that kid lived or died. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Right. Her being her. Mm-hmm. Not really knowing how to deal with that situation. Right. Her next words to me was, you know, you're going to hell, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Here I go. Here I go. Oh. Um, okay. But she recognized there was a problem. Right. She recognized there was an issue that she was not equipped to deal mm-hmm. with. Like, and, I wish most parents would yeah, see that. Would see, because there's sometimes that, even, I don't care what type of parent you are. I don't care how great of a parent you are. Right. I don't care how involved you are in your yeah. child's life. There comes a time there. There may come a time right. where right. you're just not equipped to deal with the particular issue or the particular thing your child right. is going through. And that doesn't make you less than a mom or a dad or anything. It actually makes you much more of a powerful mom and dad when you go find the resources that is needed to help your child. And that's the truth. Yeah. And, and luckily that's what she did. So fast forward a little bit of time, and that's when I found myself in my first psychiatric psychiatric ward. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a place in our in our local city. It's it's not there anymore. That was equipped to handle juveniles. Mm-hmm. It was for young adults and juveniles. Right. So that was the first time I found myself there. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I had my evaluation. 
Um, they saw my arms uh, because at that time I was not only cutting myself, mm-hmm. but I was burning myself as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one of my favorite, quote unquote, favorite activities to do mm-hmm. is that I would brand myself. So I actually still have you still have them I still arm. have them on my arm well, they, to this day. The cats are all over them, but yeah. you still have them. But what I would do is that I would take a lighter because at that time my mother was a smoker. Mm-hmm. So there was always she's a cigarette smoker, not right. a. I know it's 2020, so <laughs> you better make yeah. it make it plain, let bro. Me, let me make qualify that. Let me make qualify it plain, that. please, sir. But she was she was a cigarette smoker, so mm-hmm. there was always lighters around the mm-hmm. house. So I would get a lighter and I would light it, and I would let it stay lit mm-hmm. until the metal part around the lighter got pretty much red hot, mm-hmm. and then I would stick it to my arm, mm-hmm. and I I did that over and over again. Right. So either I was doing that. Or I was taking a razor blade, um, mm-hmm. or I was taking, uh, I would take a soda can and and rip that and, and take yeah. the little shards, and I would cut myself just so you could feel just some, so I could feel, feel something, something because at that time I was numb. Yeah, I was numb to everything, and it had nothing to do with my family that was there. My mother loved me. My my grandparents adored me. Right. You know, and I adored them. It wasn't because of lack of love. It was because there was a hole. There was something in you. Yeah, there was a hole that no one walking on this earth could feel. Right, and that was missing your brother. And I was missing my brother. So you go, so you go to therapy. So I go to therapy. So how, let's. So how how did that work? Was that effective? I mean, of course you were young, but now looking back at it now, do you feel that it was effective? The fir- the first time it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And the first time it wasn't was not because of therapy. Mm-hmm. It was because of myself. Okay. Because the the biggest thing about therapy mm-hmm. is that you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing and vulnerable. You yes. have to be open to it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be open. Yeah. And at that time, I wasn't. You wasn't. At that time, I was still stuck in, I'm okay. Yeah. Even at, even at 11, I think by this time, maybe 12 years old, I was lying to myself, doing what a lot of adults do. Yeah. And saying, I'm okay. Because you're in survival mode. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't. Most time when people say I'm okay, they're really not okay. Because the most time when people say that's because they really don't want to deal and don't want to cope. You know, I always tell people when they ask me about meditation, they'd be like, when I, I sometimes I fall asleep when I'm meditating, or and I'm like, and they like, why is that? I said sometimes when you're meditating and you fall asleep, it's because you're trying to your thoughts are coming up, and so you try to shut them out, so you fall asleep. So it's just like. When you get agitated and aggravated from at work or anything that you do or someone frustrates you, a lot of time, most people are like, I, I, I can't. I'm just going to go take a nap. Because at that yeah. point, you believe that your mind will shut off, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't you work know? that way at all. Even if you go to sleep, it doesn't work that way. So I completely understand, but you have to be open to get the healing. One of the things that um, there's a a cartoon meme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to find. It's a it's a dog in a in a in a hat mm-hmm. sitting at a kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee uh-huh. with the entire house around him engulfed in flames. He just sitting there. And the caption is in the word bubble is I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was at that time. Wow. And that's how a lot of people are walk today. Today. You know, right in, now in 2020, who's right listening now. To us who's listening right now. They're engulfed in flames. But their favorite line is, I'm no, fine. Yeah. Everything around them is crumbling down. But I'm fine. But I'm fine. 
because it's a it's a it's a copingism. Yeah, it's a, it's the way they cope. You know how they survive. So now we you get your first one. You're not willing, so you go to the, you do it again. So I I do my first one. Um, I was there. I want to say um, I think I was the first time I was there for about a month, maybe two. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is a long ago. So then the second time. Well. I, I did a, I did what my father does, mm-hmm. uh, my earthly father. Mm-hmm. I talked my way out of that situation. Charm school. I charmed my you way charm, out. You're a charm school student. I, I told them everything they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And so when I went home, I got discharged. I went home because I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm great. I'm great. great. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward a couple of years later. Now, my, beha- now my behavior has gotten worse. Mm. So now... Um, I'm still cutting. I'm still burning. But now I'm my behavior, because at this time, I, I get to the point where I honestly do not care whether I live or die. Right. I didn't care anymore. Right. If the next move I made was my last one, I didn't care. Right. And I got even more quiet at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stopped talking. Mm-hmm. I stopped dealing with a lot of people. Right. I got real. I secluded myself. Mm-hmm. Isolation is the first thing. Isolation is what mm-hmm. I did. And so we went through this again. Um, and then my mother once again recognized the signs. Um, she saw my arms. She knew it was time again. Okay, let's let's try this again. Right. So I got admitted the second time. Mm-hmm. So before my 16th birthday, right, I did two stints in a psychi- psychi- psychiatric ward. Right. Um, about, like I said, about two months, the first time, the second time I was gone, if I remember correctly, it was about four months. Okay. Um, that time it, it went better because that time I was open more. Okay. Or at least I thought I was. Okay. So that time I was willing to deal. Right. Um, and really the reason for me, the reasons that it didn't work the first time mm-hmm. and even to a certain extent, the second time. It's because the only question I had, nobody could answer. Mm-hmm. The only question I had was why. Right. That was the only question I had. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Why is he no longer here? Right. Why did someone we grew up with, right. someone who lived two doors down from us, right. someone who we used to go and, and, and walk to their house before school and watch He-Man and watch G.I. Joe and eat breakfast with them and walk to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. Considered best friends. Right. Was at our house two days before he took my brother's life. Mm. Tell me why. And that was the impossible question. And that was the impossible, impossible question. question. It's like the it's like that impossible math equation that no right. one can solve. No one can solve. You calling everybody. Calling everybody. And nobody got an answer. So you fast forward and you're an adult. So I fast forward and I'm an adult. So now I'm an adult. I'm living life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've come to grips. I still don't have an answer. But you come as close to grips as you can. As close to grips as I can. can. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I tell myself, only think about the good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I only think about the good times. Right. You know, at this time now I'm married. Now I got a family of my own. Right. I'm working a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm a functioning member of society. Not a function. I'm a functional <laughs> member of society. society. I'm functioning. I'm y'all. functioning. You know, I'm serving in my church. Yes. 
not only am I serving in my church, I'm a, I'm a leader. leader in my church. Mm -hmm. I'm leading a volunteer team. Yes. You know, my church is calling on me to do stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm leading classes. Yeah. You know, I'm doing all kind of stuff. Right. Because I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I am fine. Y'all, I'm fine, y'all. You ain't never seen nobody fine. Nobody finer than, than me. Because <laughs> I'm fine. That's right. I'm fine. Until one day I am on my way to work and I'm driving my truck and I point my truck towards a tree. Mm. And I hit the gas. And every intention, every bone in my body... Everything about me wanted to take my truck and ram headfirst into a tree. Mm -hmm. And be done. And be done with it. Out of nowhere. Out of, well. I won't say out of nowhere. Yeah. That you've been hiding. That, that I've been, been hiding. That you've been swallowing. Because, you've been stomaching. Yeah, because at that point, everything that I've been dealing with since I was a child. Came back. Came back. Mm -hmm. It came rushing. Because at that time, I was not happy with my life. Mm-hmm. I was not happy with me personally. Mm -hmm. I was not happy with my development and the way I came out. Right. Wonderful wife, wonderful kids, wonderful job. Nothing to do with them. Had nothing to do what with that. What had to do with you. Had everything what to do, do with, with me. Because for at that time, for 20 something years, I had been lying to myself saying, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Even though in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, the entire house is engulfed in flames. Right. But I'm fine. But you're fine. So, and, was, and it wasn't the first time I got that. And then I found myself getting back into cutting. Cutting again. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had not done that in years. Right. And then I found myself hiding from you mm -hmm. and secluding myself and cutting. And cutting. Again. Mm -hmm. So that time, I, and I didn't even tell you. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. So it was a regular, regular day. I went on to work. You went on to work. work. I so-called went on to work. Mm hmm But I didn't go to work. Right. I went to the hospital. Yeah. I went to the hospital and they was like, you know, of course, you know, you have any symptoms? What's going on? What's wrong? And I had to admit to a stranger, I'm tired of wanting to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I was about to do it today. And I was about to do it. Today. I'm tired of hurting myself. Right. I don't want to do this anymore. I need help. Right. And so they immediately admitted me. Yeah. And then at that point, I knew I had to make the phone call. Yeah. I knew I had to call you. Yeah. And tell you what was going on. Right. And there we went. And and I think when I when I got to the hospital and... You're laying there and I'm looking because I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I remember you saying to me, even in that, I'm, you still had this statue of I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and, and you was like, bae, I know you're going to be upset. I know you're going to be disappointed. And, and, the, and it was so much thinking about me that you didn't think about yourself. This is about you. This has nothing to do with me. And you were like, I know you're upset. I love you. I'm sorry. I never wanted to hurt you. And I'm looking at you like, are you serious? I need you to focus on you. Because even when I came through the door, they was like, he's been waiting for you. That's, I already know who you are. I already know that you're his wife. 
And I can honestly tell you that I didn't feel like, what the heck you doing? I felt I love you. You're important to me. If this is what's going on, we need to do this together. And I remember you saying, I have to go. Yeah. You telling me, I have to go. And the hardest part was coming home without you. Um, cause you were, cause you, every, I would drive about, which, and at that time I just, I hated to drive anyway. Yeah. You were about an hour away in the mountains. I was not change. In the mountains yeah. of all things. And I remember the kids be like, well, where's dad? And I just said, well, he's in the hospital. You can't see him right now. Um, because they already knew you had stomach issues. Yeah. And the crazy thing about that too is that, not the crazy thing, but the thing that people don't understand, mental health messes with your physical health. Messes with so everything. So you, you, you had so many stomach issues and you were just sick, very, very sick because you kept swallowing the pill of the I'm okay pill. I'm fine. I'm fine pill. You know, I'm great. Everything is wonderful. And um, and then you went and then you started taking therapy and how, and I think, and when we talk about therapy, just, just for a minute on my side, we never talked about therapy. That was never a discussion. There was never a discussion like you can get therapy or go to therapy or even go to, you know, because we had a family church or right. go to the pastor or whatever. In my family, it was keep your business to yourself, you know, get in that closet and that's all she wrote. And so it was never, no one ever was like, girl, I'm going to therapy or I'm going to go talk to the pat. Everybody's business ain't nobody's business. Exactly. It was never one of those conversations. So at least your family had a little bit more conversation than mine, because guess what? We just did not have the conversation because wasn't nothing wrong with you. Girl, get yourself together. Girl, please. Anybody got time for that? Go take a nap. Go take a nap. You strong. You know, you come from a, a long line of strong women. Get yourself together. Go relax. And I didn't drink or smoke or anything like that. So they couldn't go tell me, let's take a drink or smoke some weed or at the time, pot or whatever you want to call it back then. <laughs> so it was never any type of discussion. But um, so I didn't know what that looked like. But even in my heart of hearts, when you said I have to go. I just knew it was it was good for you. Yeah. It was good for you. So you go to therapy. So I go to my third stint. How did that work? Um, my third stint in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm having to be committed into a mental hospital. As an adult. As an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, this time was so much different. This time was so much different from the previous two times. Mm-hmm. And it's because it had nothing. And it had it was no knock because I met some of the, the greatest people in those two initial stints mm-hmm. who truly knew what they were doing, who truly wanted to help, whose truly heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. But I was not in the right place at that time. Right. And that was different from the third and last time. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, I was open. I was right. truly open mm-hmm. to listening, to talking. Right. Because I think people have this, this great misconception about yeah. therapy. And therapy really is just, it's talking mm-hmm. it's talking in a way that that has you open up right and because what happens and the reason i love therapy so much is because you have that unbiased it's, opinion I was about to say that yeah because if i because i i love my mother mm-hmm. but if i go to her mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. She takes offense. Right. Just like if I, and we talked about this before, yeah. you know, one of the problems that you and I had early in our marriage is because right. we started as best friends right. where we could talk to each other about the people anything. we were dating and anything, mm-hmm. but now we're married. So now the person that's aggravating me is you. Right. So how do I do that? How do I tell you that right. you're aggravating me without you taking offense to right. it? Right. Exactly. So introducing that unbiased third mm-hmm. party where I can talk about 
you know, parent issues. Mm-hmm. I can talk about yeah. relationship issues. I can talk about insecurities mm-hmm. without that person taking offense. Right. And I think too, also what I've come to the conclusion is it's so much better to, to talk to someone that has no, that's unbiased. And the reason why, because they don't want to put on their, I'm going to fix it for you clothes. Right. And I think that family members and they, and they, everybody has good intent. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, as you're talking to one of your family members, they already putting on their pants, their shirt, their jacket, their hat, cause and their tool belt because they're about to fix it. They they about to be a construction worker. You are under, you know, you are under what's the under construction, under construction. and you got something going on, and they want to fix yeah. you, and that's not what you're looking for at the time. At and I'm I'm glad you kind of said that. You know me, you, of course you know me. I'm a visual person, <laughs> right? The difference between a therapist and talking to a family member mm-hmm. is the difference between going to a um going to a repair person mm-hmm. and going to an architect. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There is a difference. Where you go to your family member, they want to become that that handyman, mm-hmm. and like you said, they want to grab their their tool, tool belt. belt. Mm-hmm. They want to grab their hammers and right. they want to fix, they your, fix problem. your problem. Where a therapist, what they do is they give you the piece of paper right. and they give you the pencil right. and they have you design, design right what's going on exactly, and they have you lay it out and fix it. And I, I know that's kind of an obscure way to no, look at it, but it's the truth. But and that's the one thing I learned is that. Because for the first time, I was able to truly open up right. about really what I was going through, mm-hmm. about my insecurities, um, my insecurities about being a son, my insecurities about being a brother, mm-hmm. my insecurities about being a man, my insecurities about being yeah. a child of God, my insecurities about being a husband, yeah. about being a father, every insecurity that I had, right. I was able to talk. Right. I was able to talk through it. Right. Now, was it a a um, overnight fix? No. Right. And and that's not what therapy is. No. You know, I'm not a therapist. I've never It's a supplement. Yeah, y'all. it's a supplement. Like, it's like a supplement to your life. Yeah, it's it's not a <laughs> it's not a surgery. It's a supplement. It's, a supplement. You know, it's right. rehab. Exactly. You know, so but it put me on the right path. Mm-hmm. It gave me the tools that I needed. Yeah. Um to learn how to cope and how to deal. Uh, when things get stressful, when the anxiety comes, right? When the insecurities come, right? Because they don't go away, you're just provided tools, right, on how to deal with it. So instead of your family members getting their tool belt to fix you, you got your own tool belt. Now. I got my own tool, tool belt. belt, and you can and yeah. you can and you can fix yourself. Not fix yourself, but you know what to do for yourself. I know what tweaks to what make tweaks now. now. I don't need your Phillips head. I have right. my own. You got your own. You got your own flathead screw screwdriver. And I think that that's so important. And I think that when when you went through the, and and the thing about that, which was. Is out of that therapy session, because I think you were there for a month. Were you there for a month? Almost two, I think. Yeah, almost two months. Yeah, almost two. What came out of that, um, number one, what people don't know, was a play about 18 poems. Yeah. 18. Cause yeah. Because you, you had been doing spoken word and then you stopped. Would, yeah. And 18 poems. And then out of that, Romeo Killer. You that's know? how I ended up writing. That's how he ended up writing his book. That's how I ended up writing my book. Because that was when you realized that that was something else that you had stuff down that you were gifted in writing which you might have knew when you were younger but you didn't go after it but for the first time in a long time you had an opportunity to be by yourself yeah because and deal with everything that's about you and that's what i did um because one of the things that 
this particular because how it worked um, in this facility I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, every day I had sessions. Mm-hmm. So I met with a MD mm-hmm. um, to check in. And then I had a therapist that mm-hmm. I was meeting with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then I was having group sessions right. um, that we would have on a daily basis. Right. And so when I met with my therapist, one of the things that they gave me was a journal. Mm. And they said, right. Right. Whatever comes to mind, whatever yes. comes to your heart, write. Don't edit. Don't think about it. Just write. Can I just piggyback off yeah, that for a second? People... If you have the opportunity, journal. I think journaling, because not only does journaling, like the, like the therapist said, to just journal and whatever comes up, comes out, just write it down. But that be able to have that thought process, because you still have those books. I do. To go Actually, back and look from with where you came and what your thought process is, and how you've grown and how you are able to now if something bothers you, you know, like if I if I talk too much, like you tell everybody, you're able. Before you wouldn't say anything; you thought you was gonna hurt my feelings. Now you're easy to say with because now it's your mental health, it's your health that you're worried about, not mine. And it, it's not your goal to you to bring me joy or make me feel any type of way. And so now you'll be like, babe, it's, it's babe, I love you. It's too much, babe. Yeah. It's too much because that's 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 mental health too. Not holding on to that stomach and that when I'm irking your nerves, you know, in a respectful way to go, babe, it's, it's just too much. But before you would kind of like just stomach, even you didn't like the job you were in. You didn't, I mean, the, the fact of the matter, you were like, you know, I'm in, how do I come and tell my wife that I want to quit this job, yeah. making all of this money because it, I'm not, I'm, I'm stressed and I don't, I can't do it anymore. I got, I was physically ill yeah. from working that job. Yeah. And it was because like you said, because I'm the man. Right. I'm the provider. I'm the head of this household. Right. How dare I go to my wife and say, I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Right. Man, you better man up. Mm-hmm. You know, how dare you? Um, I'm not. Now you just want to deal in emotion. Oh, you unhappy? Right. You want to leave a job? because, But in essence, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to leave this job because uh, mentally I'm unhappy and it's taking a toll. Mentally I'm not fulfilled and it's taking a toll. Right. And there are so many family members right now who are stuck in that place. Well, can we not even say family members for a minute? Can we just say there's a lot of men that's stuck in their place? Yeah. Feeling like you're feeling. I'm ahead of the household. I bring the majority of the funds in the house. I am the provider. I'm this. I'm that. How dare I go home and tell my family that I'm taking care of? I want to quit this $80,000 job. Because basically that's what you said. Like yeah. I, you know, and I was like, do it today. Because for me, I'm, and you was like, we, baby, you try to give me, no, we will all just be living in our car. Because before I let this thing destroy you and take you out, because you're the important thing to me. And not the material, not the travel and all of those things, because we can get those things back. But I won't have the capability or capacity to get you back. Yeah. And I think there's so many men out there right now that's listening who are are in your position. Brothers, I love y'all. Please go talk to somebody. Because the thoughts are real. They are real. The thoughts are so real. And we try to dismiss them Mm -hmm. because and it was different for me as well because i grew up in a christian household that's another thing because i grew up Mm -hmm. because i grew up 
learning and knowing the word of you God. I grew up better. reading mm-hmm. my Bible. I, I grew up being in church all day. My right. grandfather was a Baptist minister. We've talked about this before on the show. You know, before, you know, connected campuses was a thing. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, a church having buildings everywhere right. and 19 different campuses and 44 right. different cities right until that was a thing my grandfather originated that right you know right he was you know four different churches at one time and right. four different cities and yeah bouncing between and i'm right there with him you know in bible study and prayer meeting yeah. and, and choir rehearsal and all i i grew up with Getting that. his bibles helping him find you passages know? yeah i grew up with that learning you know sunday school i i, I grew up with that i learned that I, right. I knew the power of prayer i know the power right. of prayer but the thoughts are real yeah you know even with even with all that foundation that i have and that right. i had the suicidal thoughts were real. Yeah. The insecurity was real. Mm-hmm. The um, anxiety, the anxiety, the feeling less than was yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the biggest mistake that I made was not dealing with those thoughts mm-hmm. because they just don't go away on their own. They don't. Because there were so many times that I, I, I worked out how it was going to be done. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind. I w- excuse me. I wasn't needed. Right. You told that was another thing that you said to me. I was like, I just said you said we have life insurance and you'll be better off. You'll be without, better off. Better off without me. And I just I couldn't even fathom. Yeah. But I what I didn't do. I just listened and I knew not to judge that. That's how you felt. Yeah. I, because I didn't. That was for the first time in, in forever that I didn't put on my tool belt, that I didn't put on my construction outfit and put on my Tims and be like, yo, I'm, I'm stomping with you, bro. And, and try to fix what you were feeling, you know, because that was difficult for me. Because we had we have really good life insurance. I knew you and the kids were going to be well, mm-hmm. well taken care of financially. Yeah. And I had already convinced myself that you guys will be so much better off <sighs> without me, mm. without my dead weight pulling you. Right. Because I had convinced myself mm-hmm. that you were, that I have stumped your growth, mm. that I had stopped you from fulfilling the things in life you right. need to fulfill. And I had stopped you right. from progressing further. Wow, wow, babe. And so I'm dealing with all this in my mind. It's like, you know what? You ain't helping nobody. Mm. You know, you, but you faking like you doing stuff in church. You ain't really doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You faking like you helping people. You ain't really helping nobody listening to you. Right. So what that you, mind is a powerful thing. The mind is a powerful, powerful thing. thing because for me, every good thing that I was doing, mm-hmm. my mind told me 18 different reasons why I wasn't good at all. Why I wasn't good, good at, at all, all. and mm. why it didn't matter. Mm. So, and one of the things that Dylan and going through therapy, they taught me was how to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In, instead of, you know, it's okay, let's let's walk. Th- One of the things my therapists always say mm-hmm. was let's walk through this, mm. you know, okay, well, let's 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 talk about this, you know, okay, so you're feeling insecure. What are you feeling insecure about? Mm. Okay, so now now we figure out what you're feeling insecure about. Okay, now let's figure out, well, how did you get there to feel insecure about that? Right, right, right. You know, right. what is the, what is in one of my What's favorite lines? root cause? That's my favorite line. That's the, that's and actually got, huge. I got that from therapy, actually. Really? That's the root cause? Yeah, that's cause. one of the things I learned in therapy yeah. is getting down to the root cause. cause. What is the root cause of your yes, anxiety? Exactly. Okay, you're fearful. What are you fearful of? Right. Okay, I'm fearful of losing my job. 
Okay, right. it's not really losing your job you're scared of. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what are you really scared of. Okay, right. if I lose my job now, how am I going to pay the rent? Right. How am I going to pay the bills? Mm-hmm. How am I going to tell my wife? You know, and so right. and now you get down and you start peeling back those layers mm-hmm. to determine, okay, what really is the issue right. that you're dealing with? Because what happens is once you get down to that, like you were saying, okay, if I lose my job, then I can't pay my bills, blah, 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 blah. You've already, before any of that happened, you've already put yourself there already. So then that's what makes you feel like you're not enough. You're not doing enough. You're not capable. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. We have, we are so futuristic. We talk ourselves into a future that hasn't even started. Haven't even happened yet. Hasn't even happened. and may not never happen, but once we get there, we're so busy telling our, it's a story that we tell. You know, yes. it's a story that we tell. It's the narrative that we write. Because right. in my mind, in 3.3 seconds, I don't went from having a really good job. Right. <laughs> and money in the bank. Mm-hmm. To in a homeless shelter. Right. With no money. And no family. And no family. And no family. In 3.3 seconds. As you sitting in the house with your family. As I'm sitting at the dinner table. With your family. And, and that's another thing mm-hmm. um, that going through therapy and walking through that process helped me understand. Mm-hmm. It's. I didn't know, and I, I fall into this trap still today, mm-hmm. not as much as I used to. I didn't know how to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Because even, and I've said, I think I've said this on a podcast before, my philosophy, I'm, I'm the other shoe person. Yeah, I'm also waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm always, because that's, because my life until that point had trained me that way. Yeah. Because I was, I love my father, my father went away. Right. I love my, I love my parents I'm in a single parent household. Right. I love my brother. My brother got taken away. I adored my grandfather. My grandfather got taken away. Right. You know, and everything is like every time something good happened. Right. There was always that shoe that came. Well, I think there was two things because we've talked about this um, before. Two things that I think structured that thought process. The first was, like you said, losing your brother um, and staring at him you know, being covered up in the street. And I think the second thing is being with your grandfather when he took his last breath. So I think that sometimes we're not careful. We're so busy saying we don't grieve things the way that we should. And we keep saying we're okay. We're okay. And as we grow, so do those things. Those things grow with us as well. They don't go away. They grow. And if you're not careful, and if you don't handle them accordingly they can become bigger than you they become taller and bigger and stronger than you ever could possibly be yeah and at a and that was another thing because at a very young age i got introduced to death mm-hmm. at a very young age yeah you know and and in rapid succession yeah because it was like you said it was is my brother mm-hmm. i'm i'm looking at my brother and i'm looking at my brother um, I don't know if I've ever really told the story. I'm, I'm not going to go too much into detail mm-hmm. um, about the actual events, but my brother was killed about 50 feet, 50 to 100 feet from my house. Right. You know, so he's laying on the ground at the at the front of our complex. Mm-hmm. And when I go there, and we get the the knock at the door, and, and we go, and I'm running up the street. And I see my brother under this tarp, mm-hmm. you know, I'm yelling to the cops, you know, like, get my brother off the ground, At least, yeah. you know, because he was there for seemed like forever. Yeah. You know, I got all these people, they gawking and it's like they all around and they chit chattering and, mm-hmm. 
and they going about their lives like everything is okay and everything wasn't okay at that point. At that point. So I'm looking at him under the tarp. So, and then we bury him and I got to look at my, my hero in a casket. Right. You know, and then shortly after that, then my grandfather who had been battling cancer, he had been battling um, cirrhosis of the liver, mm-hmm. you know, and, and watching, watching him waste away to nothing. And, right. and now I'm looking at him in a casket. And then at that time I had a best friend who I had got, um, I had a best friend from my grandfather's church mm-hmm. that we got really close. Right. Um, she was wonderful. She was older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I ever really think about it, I think she might have been my first my first love. Your first love. <laughs> yeah. She was really cool and we used to talk and, and have fun and we talked about the future and talked about all kind of stuff and we were still on and we were still on the phone for right, hours. Right, right. But she was sick. Mm-hmm. And so my time with her was very limited too. Right. And then I get the call. Now she's gone. Right. So I got my brother who I got close to and he's gone. Now I got my grandfather who was crazy, but I loved him. Right. And I watched him and he's gone. Right. And then my best friend who right. at that time was the only person I could talk to talk and would actually listen situation. to me. Yeah. And wasn't and she didn't judge me and she wasn't putting her own spin on it. She was right. just listening to me. Right. And now she's gone. So I got all this death. And so and then my because the grandfather I was referring to was my paternal and then I got my maternal grandfather the one who the Baptist minister who I was raised yeah, with yeah, and yeah. and he became and he was always my everything but then he really became my everything and he was the stature of a man and now he's sick yeah and so now he has Parkinson's mm. and so now he's deteriorating right and so now I have this strong man who, you know, no nonsense and stood his ground and didn't care what he said and and would right. do everything and took care of everything. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm helping bathe him. Right. And now I'm helping him get dressed. Right. And I'm having to shave him because he can't do it anymore. Right. And I see him now. It goes from him going wherever he wants to go, getting in his 70s. It was a 76 um, Buick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big boat. Uh-huh. And I'm seeing him getting in his car and we're going everywhere he want to go. Right. To now he's having to be driven around. Everywhere he wants to go. Everywhere he wants to go. So where do you, where, so when we tell people, because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm like, you don't eat, you don't have, sometimes when you're internalizing it, it becomes poison. Yeah. And you, if you, because sometimes you have to throw up. You do. You know, you, you have know, to regurgitate You have to stuff. regurgitate this stuff. And I think, so for such a long time, you never threw up for that's such why a I, long time. That's why I got stomach issues to this day. Yeah, because you didn't throw up. You regurgitated all of that. And I think people don't even understand, you know, you know how when you get sick or something makes you sick to your stomach and you throw up? That's like, I know this is too much for y'all. But anyway, it's the best thing that you can do. You need to get that sickness, that what that yeah. ickiness out of your body. You didn't have a place to do that until you went to therapy this therapy. last time because then you had to open the box. You had to throw up. But the beauty about it is that you didn't have to worry you didn't have to worry about if I throw up, well what would this person think? Right. Will this person think I'm contagious or I'm crazy or all these things. I can literally throw up 
and be free of it all. I didn't have to worry about being judged. Exactly. I didn't have to worry about being misunderstood. Yeah. I I was allowed to be me. Yeah. I was allowed to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I was allowed to unpack the box. Yeah. Because my box has so, so many much. layers. Yeah. In that box. It's a box inside of a box inside of a box. It's like the Russian. It's like the Russian nesting doll. Uh huh. Oh, jeez. It's just. It's, it just and, keep going. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the Russian nesting doll, you've seen them. Mm-hmm. It's the really big doll. When you take off the take off the top, there's another one in it. Uh-huh. You take off the top, uh-huh. there's another one, and you keep going till you got like this peanut sized little doll. Yeah. And that's where you. Are. And that's was and that, that was, was me. Peanut sized you. Yeah, because I kept I just kept shoving everything yeah. in, and kept. And kept just holding everything down. Yeah. And the one thing, and I will always say for me, going to ther- going to a therapist and going to therapy is one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. It did not negate my love for God. No. It did not negate my faith. Mm-mm. It did not negate whether or not I believed in God. Mm-hmm. But how I look at it is that God gives everyone a talent. Mm-hmm. God gives everyone a purpose. Yes. And there are some people whose purpose, purpose. on this life yeah. is to be a therapist. Yeah. Is to be a counselor. To be is a to, listener. To be a listener. Mm-hmm. Help guide people, people. through situations and yeah. through things that their mind can't understand. Because I believe that therapy didn't heal everything, but it put you on the doorstep it puts you on the threshold yeah it puts you it crossed you over into the door of healing it gave me the tools it gave you the tools it gave me the it, tools it gave you that the i need to do that yeah and once you have the tools you can pull them out at any time that you feel like it because now you know what it feels like when you're about to get in that place exactly that, in that position and you're like oh Wait a minute. I know what this is. Let me pull out the Phillips head. Let me pull out this. Let me pull out the ratchet. Whatever it is, let me pull out the pliers to my to, to be able to deal with this because I know what's coming next. And also allowing you not to always, doesn't mean you're not going to stomach some stuff, but not to always stomach every single yeah. thing. It, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean to cut and you. I think too what, what it did too, um, it allowed you to take off all the hats. Yeah. The daddy hat. The husband hat, the good employee hat, the perfect son hat, the perfect brother, the best friend who's there for everybody. Because that's really what you all, everybody called you. Everybody want to pray with you. The best servant, the best person at church, the guy who know the right word, the best spoken word, personal person. All these things, it allowed you to take off the hat for that almost two months and just be the itty bitty peanut inside the Russian doll. The, the essence of who you yeah. are. And I think... That's where you grew in your writing. I think that's where you grew in your spoken word. I think that's when you grew into yourself and you begin to go, no, I don't want to do that. No, I ain't going to do it. No, you talking to me too much. No, <laughs> but I think, but, but it's what was needed. And I remember going to get you and I asked you, how were you? Cause I was there every day. Yeah. You came um, to visit me every day. Every single day. But I want to know how you were right. Because for a little bit of that, I had to catch myself because I took that on and was so hurt because I felt like I should have saw it. Right. I felt like I live with you. I sleep with you. I love you. You lay your head on my shoulder, my stomach, my, you, you, I'm we're engulfed in each other. How did I not know? But sometimes 
people who ha- who who have stuffed it down so long know how to play the game. Yeah, I played the game very well. Very well, very well. I played I'm the okay. game very well. And but I they would but but I would tell family members too that there's go with your discernment because there was something in me that knew something wasn't. Right. I mean, you were sleeping all the time, didn't want to talk, always talking about you're tired, work is draining you, blah 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 blah, and so I didn't see it. I felt it but i didn't see it and sometimes i would tell family members watch out for that you may not see it but if you feel it go with that spirit of discernment go go with that and if you can get your family member help get them help i think that, to be honest i think if you got a job that got eap it's eap yes employment assistance i think what is it like four or five free something like that depends on depends on how your job sets it up but typically it's like four or five free go and get them for free i I told sanchez i said i'm thinking about it just going i think there's some things that's unraveled in me now that i that i need to talk about you know and it's and it's no shame in doing that the only shame is not doing that and and getting your your mental just as strong as your physical and and that's the thing family if if you guys don't take anything um because we're actually gonna i think we're gonna come to a close on this particular topic but if, the, if you don't take anything else away from what we said, mm-hmm. understand there is no stigma right. behind needing to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. There is there is not a stigma behind um, therapy or, or, or um, therapist or, or seeking help Mm-mm. that does not make you weak. No. It doesn't mean you're that crazy. It makes you strong. It does. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from who you are. Oh, right. Um, we all need help. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be as as severe or as tragic as some of the situations I spoke to mm-hmm. um, during this particular episode. But stress is stress. Yeah, stress is stress. Yeah, uh, mental health is important regardless. Yeah, it, whether it's job related, whether it's relationship related, yes. whether it's it's physical related, whether right. it's health related, whatever is your trigger. Yeah, whatever is triggering you right. to. To you being, as as we talked about earlier mm-hmm. on, you being that dog at the table mm-hmm. with the cup of coffee right. and your best fedora. Fly. 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 Saying, it's fine with the entire house in gold. down, yeah. You know, it's just, so my final thought, family, it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to talk some talk to someone because I, like I said before mm-hmm. the thoughts are real. Yeah. And unfortunately they don't just go away. They grow with you. Yeah. Sometimes they get bigger um than that. And 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 what I will say to you too like Sanchez said before you get to that point work on your mental health before you even get to that point. Work on those things that you need to work on because you know even when you gain weight, sometimes the weight is not the weight. Yes. It's, it's not the, about what you eat. It's, it's not about the eating. And it's like, I'm trying to lose weight. Sometimes it's what's eating at you, right? Not what you're eating, but what's eating you. What's, mm-hmm. what, what's, what's consuming you that you haven't spoke about or you haven't talked about. And so it's so important. Like I said, to even if you just go for one session and just talk to someone and find out why do I feel the way I feel, go and find out the root cause of why you feel the way you feel and why you're doing what you're doing, you know, and it's important because again, you can have all the physical health, you can have all the spiritual health, you can have all the emotional health, but if you don't have mental health, you're still unbalanced. Yeah. You're still unbalanced. 
That's my final thought. You that's have your another, final thought. That's final thought, babe. No, that's my. That's um, it. That's my final thought, family. Um, thank you. Thank you, guys. As we've always said from day one, we've never tried to hide. <laughs> this is our, our therapy, therapy session. session. We've never tried to hide that yeah. fact. So we thank you guys for thank listening. Guys. We thank you guys for being a part. Yeah. Um, we thank you for allowing us into your home. Yes. We thank you for making us a part of your day. Yes. However you're listening, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Podbean, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Play, whether it's iHeartRadio or yes. Amazon Music, yes. or on our own personal website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com. Um, yeah. We thank you guys so much. We love you guys. As always, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. So what that means is that we can be found on the socials. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram. Yes. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. All in the Crenshaw Corner. And of course, you can always reach us via email at thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. Once again, thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. And family, welcome to our journey. We love you guys. Bye.